The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my god what's happening <laughs> fucking life change bud <laughs> ah look at that i've got no hair you got the gray hair going i haven't seen you in a while how are you i'm doing good you real good excellent yes this tom smith has got me uh work am i am i doing it right yeah not perfect, perfect. thanks yeah. Luke. really good you in the office yeah look at the, the distinguished gentleman this <laughs> silver fox they say silver fox <laughs> So when I, okay, we're going to get going right away, get on the show. Tom's going to do a little introduction and we'll just get right out. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. Tom, this is a very big guest today. 668 goals in the NHL. Who's that? Hall of Famer. (laughs) That ready. Former. Former Ranger, King, Stanley Cup winner. He's been in some movies. He's uh, had an action figure made of him. Yeah, Actually, I'm on Stripe right now. I'm, I got a SAG card. Oh, it's, but, I'm waiting for the settlement to get back to work. But, but his greatest film acting was probably in a little video called The Confessions of a Prankster. Oh, that's right. Tom Laidlaw. Or The Baby Powder. Remember that? Right. Forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. So, today we have Hall of Famer Kings President Luke Robitaille. Luke, how you doing, brother? Great to see you again. Thanks for coming on. You're looking good. You're looking real good. I've got no hair left. You got gray hair. I know. That's good. <laughs> Life is changing for us. Oh, that's good. Remember, I told a funny story to Tom. I don't know if you remember this or not. Uh, somehow, I was like a three on one or something like that. Up, we were playing in Toronto, and you passed back to me, and I took a one timer and scored. And Timmy Waters was on the ice, like Tim and Tom, right, all the time, and. uh and I and Tim and I were both looked at each other like, how did you do that? Like you were laughing at us because we couldn't figure out how to do it. I had to do it one time. That might have been your only yeah somewhere. It could have been. And you know what? You're right. It probably was. Well, didn't you say you went two years without a goal? Hundred game, hundred and twenty games. Uh <laughs> scoring good. Yeah. I mean, that's hard to do. I think I think it included practice though. <laughs> <laughs> uh Luke, when I got traded to the Kings in uh, what, eighty six, eighty seven, was that your that was your first year in the league? Yeah, that was my first year in the league, yeah, 86, 87. Yeah. So, so what did you think when I came walking through the door, like, you know, what the, is this the beer league or what? You know, you know, it's funny because, you, like, growing up being from Montreal, you, you know, the NHL was so different. It was so far, you know, like, I don't think, it wasn't even a goal of mine. I, I more wanted to play junior major. Like, that was, like, a big, because that was so up there, like, in when? my life at the time. And when I got to the pro, it took me. It took me. I would say a whole year to realize. Like, at the end of the day, all you guys were just like me. They, you were just older. Yeah. You know, like we were just all hockey players. And but but when you come in and it's like, oh, man, this is the NHL, and 
And, uh, you know, it, it, it was a different feeling. I was really nervous. I remember like the first few weeks, I was really nervous. It was kind of funny because I live with Marcel Dion and I, I didn't think much of it. And then uh, with him, but everybody else, I was really nervous around. Isn't it true? I was the same way. You look back because we really didn't know anything about the league back then. There was no internet, whatever. So you didn't know what you were getting yourself into. And I, for me, it was uh, Phil Esposito was there. And I'm like, I'm I'm on the ice with Phil Esposito. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, but you look back at it now, you wonder, like, why was I so, but it makes sense, though, right? You grew up in Canada. Hey, and yeah, it's like, yeah, that's what we want to do. And, you know, that, that was like, it was, you know, you, you didn't think anything but just the next day or the next game, yeah. but it was. It was a day. It was the NHL. It was all, I I do recall the first trip, like where where we had to go to. I think we went to New York, and then I think after that we ended up going to Montreal. But I remember sitting in the middle seat because if you remember, they used to give us tickets if you were the rookie. You sat middle seat, and I remember sitting on the plane going, "I'm actually getting on an airplane to go play a hockey game. Yeah. Life yeah. is great." Yeah. <laughs> That's not true. And I, for, you, for you, it was L.A. I was in New York, so big cities. Like, I'd never been in a big city like that before. I was like, what is I got myself into? Yeah, that had to be crazy in New York for you guys. Yeah, well, you know, because I grew up on the farm, and then where I went to school was northern Michigan, where it was just a small little mining town. <laughs> so, Luke, Montreal was your hometown? Uh, yeah, Montreal. Like, we were, like, on, you know, like on the island of Montreal, we were kind of on the east side. Uh, and it was mostly French on that side of the island, like that. The western side of the downtown part is bilingual, and but my my side of the island was strictly French. I mean, a couple people that that spoke English, but that was it. Yeah, but it was literally on the island. Right. You pretty good goal scorer when you started playing hockey. You know, it, it's kind of funny. I was more of a playmaker and uh, growing up, and uh, I I always had like a, a a center, a right winger that would that would score a lot of goals and. I was never a great a great skater, so I think I learned to move the puck well. Right. And then, you know, when I was, I think I was 12 or 13, I saw Gretzky, and, man, I just, everything he did, I wanted to do it. I would go behind the net. And, I mean, my last year in junior, I got like 130 assists, and but I played with a guy that could score. He, my center got 92 goals. So I started practicing every day how to do one-timers and so forth, and that kind of changed my career. So the next year when – when we started a year, Jimmy Carson was a rookie and myself, and they put Jimmy Carson with Dave Taylor to take care of him to start, and then me with Marcel to start. And and I remember Marcel telling me I was trying to saucer past me. He goes, kid, I'll be the passer. You go to the net, and I'll make sure to get you. I'm like, okay, Mr. Diaz. You know, it's like if he would have said, you got to be a tough guy, I would have tried to fight. I would have gotten killed. I would have done anything to play the NHL. He said, go score a goal. I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And literally, I ended up scoring a lot of goals but in junior even though i score goal i was really more known as a playmaker funny wow oh wow. that's interesting where'd you play your junior hockey in the hall which oh. is uh it's called gatineau now right by Ottawa. right is that why we had uh, we had training camp there one year right with the king yeah yeah I, well the reason we had training camp there one year is because my last year in junior grass bought the team oh yeah so the reason we had we had training camp back there is when uh, Gretz owning the team, we went back there. That was the reason. Right. I remember we had uh, poor Rogi. Rogi's a great guy. Yeah. Uh, Rogi Vashov. First day of training camp, you have the meeting in the morning. or physicals in the morning. Then you have the meeting. Yeah, so we had the afternoon off. So Larry Robbins is there, John Tanelli, yourself, myself, Timmy Waters. We all decided to go to that strip joint that day, remember? <laughs> 
we went into like the champagne room or whatever it's called. All the strippers are in our room. The poor other guys are outside. There's no stripper dancing for them. So we have a few adult cocktails and uh, we come back from the meeting for poor Rogi. And we're like a bunch of little kids. We're giggling and tell stories. And that poor Rogi's trying to have this serious meeting. That wasn't fair to him, but it was fun time. It was fun. <laughs> I remember in the hall because I was still the, the kid. I was two years into my career, but I was still the kid. So Tim Water was my roommate. Oh, God. And he, we had, I think Tom Webster had called a, a, a curfew one night and, uh, and uh, Timmy, like he, he was down. I'm like, I'm going back to the room because I don't want to get caught for curfew. And he was like, ah, I'll meet you at the bar and like he, you know, like I, the idea is what I was going back to the room in case they check for curfew. And then I would go out and, oh. and meet him and, and probably you. And, uh, and, and uh, I'm in my room and I'm literally, I'm putting perfume on. I got my cowboy boots, my jeans and my, my nice shirt. I'm like, I'm going to go meet the team. <laughs> the door knocks and I think it's Tim that changes mine. I open, I go, Hey, how you doing? And, and it's Tom Webster, our coach. And one of you looks at me, he goes, Hey, lucky he goes, uh, you're going anywhere. And I right away, I go, no, I'm just coming back in. <laughs> he goes, Oh, he goes, uh, is Muddy here? Yeah. And I go, yeah, he's in the bathroom. He goes, okay. He goes, uh, can I see him? I go, well, he's really got to go. <laughs> and he literally, he walks in the room and he see poor Tim wasn't there. And I didn't know what to do. Yeah. So then I'm like, I was so scared. I stayed in my room. And then next thing you know, a half hour later, Muddy calls me and I'm like, John was here. He was checking. He goes, and I think he thought, well, it's too late now. I'm coming up. We'll stay out. So I stayed out. Oh, that's Timmy, too. Funny. That is a funny story. That's good. I didn't know Webster's going around checking rooms. So, so Luke, you, you mentioned that Marcel Dion was your idol growing up, and then you get to play with him your rookie year, your first couple of years. But then, devastating to you, he gets traded, and even more devastating, it's for this number. Like, yeah. how, do you, how do you feel when that that's happens? I would say Marcel was my idol. It's more like you grew up in Quebec, and we didn't know L.A., but you knew Marcel Dion, and you had heard of the Triple Crown line. So when I came in L.A., he really took me under his wing, and I lived at his house. It was great. But about a month before he had gotten traded, I started looking for an apartment because it was like January. And I, it was like a, it was probably more like in my first lesson of professional sport. You had seen it in junior, but there was not as many trades, you know. And I remember Marcel was upset and he had played with Rogi and I, you don't know the behind the scene, but from what I heard later was, uh, I think Mars wanted to maybe extend his deal for a year or two. And I think maybe Rogi had said, well, let's talk in the summer. And then they got into a heated argument. And that's when I remember Marcel going to dinner with him and Carol and she was crying because they thought they were going to get traded. I don't think you ever know you're going to get traded, but they did think they would get traded because I think Marcel just wanted a new deal at the time. I, I can't remember, but I, I, I remember I was dinner and it was sad. And it, it was more of a lesson. Like a, you do realize there's a business side to it. And, and it was kind of part of the business. And yeah, I was, well, we were surprised and shocked, but you know, it is when you're a player, you, Unfortunately or fortunate, you move on. You, you still yeah. eat friends the rest of your life, but you've got to move on. Isn't that true? We talked about that a lot. When somebody else is getting traded, I mean, you, like in that case, you're sad, but you've got to keep playing, right? 
But when you get traded, yeah. yeah. And then Tom Laidlaw is the guy coming in. Well, for me, I I remember when I heard it was Marcel, I was like, no way. LA's not going to trade Marcel Dion. But it was Tom and it was Dukes. That Ron Dugate, too, huh, Tom? Uh, No, it was Bobby Carpenter. Oh, was you and Bob? And when did Rob Dugate come? So he must have come the next year as a free agent? Yeah, I think he did. Or, yeah, I can't free agent or traded. All right. So uh, we were talking about uh, Marcel getting traded. but you were like, did you get, uh, were you, you had a great year. How many goals did you score your first year? I think I got 45 goals my first year, yeah. So did you anticipate that was going to happen? No, but, you know, because I, the, my mindset, the way it was, like for me, like I was drafted in the ninth round. I, yeah, that's right. Like, once I made it in the NHL, like I, I wasn't on a mission. It was like, I wanted to stay. So I want to be better the next day, the next day, like if I didn't practice hard one day, it was more because I thought I was going to be tired the next game. You know, like it, everything I did was to get ready for the next game. I wasn't, like, example, I wasn't as crazy as you, Tom. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> like, I made sure, like, I knew the night before the game I had to go to bed early because I knew I wasn't strong as, as strong as some guys or as I always felt I wasn't as good, but I, I, I knew I could get an edge. I was always trying to get an edge. I did go out after the game. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> Luke was a great team player. There's no question about that. I was always trying to get better for the next game. Like yeah. he, every game was really, really important to me. Even preseason, like I remember, like it, maybe it's to a fault sometimes, but that's kind of the way I took yeah. it. Yeah, you were motivated. Like sometimes think people think of your goal scoring, but you got a few scraps out there too. You got some trouble out um, there. <laughs> well, right when you guys, like, even with you guys, you kind of knew, even though you, you know, you take some, you take some, but you got to give it back, or it's the jungle out there. You got to get beat oh. out. Yeah, back in those days, yeah, if you didn't stick up for yourself, they played against Edmonton too, man. They, they had some nasty games against Edmonton, Calgary. Edmonton, yeah. Calgary. We would do that trip back to back, remember? And we, yeah. we would have to fly to Salt Lake City, wait a few hours, then fly to Edmonton, then bus to Calgary, and go back to back, and just like. I remember right away, I think by game two, I would have to match against uh, Jim Peplinski yeah, out yeah. in auto. Um, all right, so uh, 40, what, 42 goals your first year? 45. 45. 45. And I called, called a trophy, too. That's right, yes. I forgot about that. You're a pretty yeah, good you know, player. What's funny about that is, like, I, I went to the to the award show. They invited me, Jimmy Carson, Ron Axel. And if you remember, in 86, 87, Ron Axel, like, they went to the finals with the yeah. Flyers. So they asked me, you don't know anything. They asked me to go to the awards for the rehearsal. And I go there and they announce the second all-star team. They just announced it. And I, I see that I was on the left wing. Then they announced the first all-star team. And I see that Ron Exel is on the first all-star team. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to win the rookie of the year. He's on the first all-star team and I'm on the second. So I kind of had a speech like I was getting ready just in case, you know, yeah. but I'm like, I don't need to get a speech ready. Ron Exel is going to win. So sure. I remember I sat there at the award. I'm like, and I was okay with it. And I was like, you know, I was just so enamored. I was at the award. Gretzky yeah. was there and Michelle Goulet and all these guys. And next thing you know, they named my name, man. And I freeze. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's I was so sure. Like from about, I think the rehearsal, let's see, was at noon from noon till the show started at eight or seven. I, the whole afternoon, it was awesome. I'm like, I don't have to get anything ready. You know, when you're a kid, you're like, oh, sure. what do I do? Like, all you worry about is a damn speech. Yeah, that's why. 
So there, you're there a couple of years, like two or three years, and then Gretz gets traded there. Yeah. Uh, so obviously you have the big move, and Marcel's going out. Now Wayne comes in. He's kind of, I guess, your idol, right? Or he wanted yeah. to be like a lot. Yeah. So you pretty pumped up when you heard that? It, I was really pumped. And uh, and I, I like I remember where I was when, when the trade happened, and I was really excited. And But uh, I got, to be honest, like we had that, remember we had that first camp in Victoria? British yeah. Columbia? Yeah. yeah. And it, it was, you know, it's like, it's hard to meet your idol. Like, I mean, I'm talking, like, I had, sorry, Tom, I didn't have your picture in my, <laughs> my room, but I had Gretz's picture. I yes, studied him every game. I watched every interview. I, everything I could find on Gretzky in the game, I did. So it was really hard for me in the first year because I, I really almost couldn't talk to him. Like, it was, and I remember he'd say, hey, Lucky, you want to go to dinner? Remember going to dinner yep. with Gretzky? Sure. Dinners with Gretz would start at 8 to be done at 11.30. And I was <laughs> dying because I would usually would be in bed at 10, 10.30 the night yeah. before the game. So I remember after a couple of months, I'm like, I love him, but I can't keep doing this. It's bad for me. And and it, But I couldn't talk. I, yeah. I remember Gretz said to me one night, like on the bench, he goes, I, I tried to give him a saucer, but I got caught. He goes, hey, Lucky, just, just give it to me. Give it to me. Don't worry. I'll give it back. And I'm like, well, fuck, I know, you know, yeah. for sure. I know he will. And then from then on, it was like a great eight. I just kept trying to give it to him. And then I remember Robert Fitzgerald said, I'm going to take you off his line because you can't play anymore. And it was almost a relief at the time. I was so nervous. Oh, because I just, it's your idol. You just don't yeah. want to disappoint him. You know, it was yeah. kind of weird. It was a weird feeling that first year. Yeah. It was hard to play with him sometimes, especially early because you want think, I got to get him the puck. I've got to get him the puck. Oh, it's key. You gotta give me. You knew. He, I knew I was gonna get back, but it, it was almost too much. Like you know, I don't. I don't think I was helping him either. Remember yeah. how crazy that was that world hotel? Oh yeah, with all the movie stars coming to the locker room and everything before oh. they game. Oh yeah, remember Robbie Fatorik, uh Sylvester Stallone came in. And he he called him Rocky. Robbie introduced him. This is Rocky, everybody. I said, well, no, it's not. <laughs> I remember he comes in the room and he's like, yo, yo, yo. Before they try yeah. to give him, to, and he walks out. We're like. He's really small. <laughs> yeah. <that's right. laughs> Remember, like, Tom Cruise was there with Nicole Kidman, too. And, and Tom yeah. Cruise was, like, about a foot sw- shorter than she was. And we're like, it is weird once you first see those guys, you think, well, they're really not all that much, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, well, it was so weird. Oh. I remember John Candy was in there with Michael J. Fox. They were hammered, too. Like, they were just yeah. after the game. Yeah, what a time. And you had a great owner, too, who was, like, yeah. you know. Yeah we, had, yeah, we had Bruce on the show, too. He was good. Yeah. Oh, he did? Oh, yeah. Good, yeah. Excuse me. He's good, man. Yeah. Remember, he was funny because, uh, you know, I was the lead the charge with the beers and everything. And after the game, he'd hand me like $2,000. Say, Tommy, take the guys all over for beers. We'd be on the road someplace. And yeah, he was good. Great owner. I remember <laughs> Bruce would come in. I we He would say, uh, you win tonight. It's whatever. Yeah. I remember yeah. the guy would be like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a lot of fun. Remember all the times, like, even like, Wayne's breaking records and all that were all part of it? That was cool. Oh, it was amazing. Like, uh, it, it was like it. it We'd have something special, and we it, like everything was an event too. We yeah. go to those preseason game tour. And yeah, it was so different. They, I mean, no matter what, Gretz and Bruce McDowell, they did a lot to grow the game. Yeah, totally. Yep, they really did. Yeah, so you saw it even more. So I did a little bit where it was great in L.A. He was great playing there. We had a good hockey team. We had a really good hockey team, yeah. but you know, really nobody. You know, we didn't have eight or nine or ten thousand people in the building, and it goes from that. To now we were it. Like you, we going. I remember going to Montreal one night, and it was late in the year. We had like a really good season. Montreal was having a good year. Race camp now was a linesman on the. He's 
opening face-off at Saturday Night Hockey, Night Canada, and he turns to me, he goes, Tommy, this is unbelievable. Like, he was, he, he was fired. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Like, we we had people following. I remember we, we had a plane. We had, yeah, yeah. John J. Craig Sadler getting on the plane with That's right. your celebrity. It was, yeah. it was all, and then we'd always land into a city and to be a limo because Bruce would take breaths to some event. Yeah. Yeah, but it was about selling to give. We didn't know at the time too. I think Bruce was trying to negotiate with banks. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It is funny. People ask me, Bruce McGall. I said, listen, I know he went to jail and everything, but he was fantastic to us. And whenever I've spoken to him, he doesn't try to blame somebody else. He says, I did it. Uh, wait. A yeah, same for me. Like it, what he did for the players, though, he was yeah. about the players. He treated us so good. We'd yeah. never seen that. He changed the model. Uh, you know, he like he was the first one to come. I remember he, we we all thought when we when we traded for Wayne, we were all like, oh, man. I remember talking to Theo. He's going to make a million a year. He's going to make like he's going to be the first. And Bruce signed him for two million a year. And yeah. and what he did though is he he told the world that. Yeah. So by him saying I, he's going to make two million a year for whatever it was amount of years, yeah. like that means Mark Messi and all the guys were like, wait a minute. When you make two, I can make one. I can yep. make one five, you know. Totally. And that's start. That's it. Really started helping every player. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, Bruce, uh, when uh, Bob Goodnow came into Player Association, he brought in the salary disclosure. But Wayne's salary was, you know, that's really what drove up salaries by yeah. getting that money. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, how many years did you play in Los Angeles? Played fourteen years altogether. Yeah. But so the first time around, though, how long were you there? I was there eight years. And so, what happened to that trade? You get traded, right? So what happened is uh, I ended up uh, going to Pittsburgh. I mean, I didn't know at the time, like, Bruce was in trouble and my contract was coming up and there, there was all kinds of situation. And, it, you know, I kind of knew something was coming. Right. And uh, Bruce helped me and it was Howard Baldwin that owned Pittsburgh. And I ended up getting traded there. And then when I got to Pittsburgh, there was a lockout the next year. Remember all that stuff like yeah. it happened. And and then Howard, great man. I still my friend today. Like at the time, I didn't know either. He ended up getting in money, not trouble, but like, yeah. well, I, I guess it should be much trouble. He ended up filing bankruptcy with the team. So he, if you remember, there was a settlement during the lockout where it was like, uh, if he had an option, remember we always had like a two-year yep. plus an option. Yep. You had the choice to renege your option year from that right. lockout. So, if I renege my option year, I had the opportunity to go to arbitration. And at that time, I was the only player with eight plus years in a row with forty plus goals. So I was technically the best case they were going to ever have. Right. So my my agent, I was a baseball agent, Tom Rich. Oh yeah, I remember Tom. He's a good guy. He recommended that I file, and so we filed. And then Howard said, "I want to keep you, Luke, but." I won't be able to pay you because Mario sat out that year yeah. due to injury. The next year he was coming back. He had a bad back. So I ended up getting traded to the Rangers. Oh, okay. um, so the, then I signed a new contract with the Rangers, which at the time was a big contract. Right. So how many years, how many years did you have Pittsburgh then? I was in Pittsburgh only so like that lockout year. Oh, that was just, it. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was really short. Right. Oh, then go back. The Rangers. It didn't work out there. You know, it is sometimes some situation. Yeah. I love playing with the Rangers. I love, like, Leach, Mass, and yeah. I mean, Kevin Law, like, all these guys. It, it was so Mike Richter. And, and uh, but after a couple of years, like, you know, I, I 
couldn't find my role almost on, on the team. It was kind of weird. And uh, they ended, I ended up getting traded back to L.A. The first time you left L.A., what was your feeling then? I mean, you were that was your team, right? You had some big years there. Like, were you, were you totally shocked? I know, know you realized that uh, Bruce had money problems, but still, that's a, that, that was your home, right? That was my home, man. My wife was from there. I, we we had a boy at the time, so it it was uh, it wasn't easy to to leave there. But I think I, like I said earlier, like things that happened with Marcel and and so forth. What happened to my last year? I got hurt, and it, I didn't talk about it too much, and it probably hurt me over time. And I kept playing hurt and. As it turned out, my ankle was broken at the end of the year, and no one knew for from like February on. Well, that didn't help me. But then once I got the surgery, you know what it was? I broke my ankle, and my speed on the ice never changed. No <laughs> <laughs> one knew it. <laughs> it never changed my game. <laughs> but I know you're joking around, but that's a real compliment too. Because skating was not your top thing. You were an awful skater. But you yeah. still scored like over 600 goals. Hall of Fame player, top hundred of all time. Yeah, top players. That's right. You're like top yeah. twenty thousand. I asked my dad. I go, "Am I really slow?" And he said, "I don't know." But when there's a loose puck, you there first. So that's yeah, right. yeah, that's true. Right. Who would win in a race out of you two guys? It'd be a speed. It'd be a battle. I'll tell you that. I'm, I'm a, I might get Tom on the first three step because that's yeah. what I worked on every day, and I know he did. <laughs> I, I I tell I tell the funniest thing. Is, so we talk about Tim and Tom. So. Tim Waters, who we've had on the show. So especially when Robbie Fatorig was coaching, he just loved us, right? So, and Luke laughs about this all the time because there's not much Tim and I are going to do. We can't say, no, we're not going on the ice, but it's all the time. We dressed, I dressed like seven defense at one time, and Tim and Tom would go for everything. If they had minutes in those days, you guys played 30. Wow. Huh? They would play, like, in the third period, if the game was, if we were down a goal or up a goal, up a goal, forget it. That You yeah. guys played for sure. 10 of the last 20 minutes yep. for sure. Wow. Down the goal, they still played eight or nine. We were like, we're never going to score with these guys. But there's nothing to give you on the ice laughing. Oh, oh, God. Oh, yeah. Like, we like we couldn't do anything about it. We can't say, no, we're not going to the ice, Robbie. He loved it. I went, oh. went, he started with video, and whenever he showed video of you guys, yeah. it was like, all the perfect. This is the way. Yeah. This is the way. We were like, <laughs> the best one is you guys were the one laughing the most. I know. I know. The favorite. I know. We went on the ice one time with Wayne. There's some spot we we need to score a big goal. Wayne goes on the ice. You were probably on the ice with him. You know, probably Bernie. So he throws Tim and Tom out in the ice, and Wayne turns and looks at us. And we knew him well enough. But he rolled his eyes like, and he kind of caught himself and was laughing. We said, "Don't worry, about Wayne. We we understand." <laughs> and Wayne knew the reason Wayne got three thousand. Where he knew well enough, he wouldn't have even looked at the point. He would have yeah. looked at my dog. Someone else. Oh. Well, it's a funny time where he, he tied Gordie Howe's point record in Edmonton, and we had a four-on-four, four, and I'm on the ice with him. And, of course, the Edmonton guys didn't pay attention to me at all, so I'm standing out in the slot, and Wayne passes to me. I went into panic mode. I didn't I, I, I didn't know what to do. Bernie was covered on the side of the net there by Charlie Huddy. I said, screw it, I'm passing to Bernie. He threw him a grenade. Oh, God, he tips it in. And then it's hilarious video watching because it looks like this is great play, uh, but I just wanted to get the fuck up a stick, and Bernie comes laughing at me like, "What are you doing, passing me?" Uh, we had some fun times. That's good. I gotta go watch that play now. Cause oh, you should. Yeah, I remember the play. Yeah, it makes you look like it's a really brilliant play by me, but it wasn't. I was just like, "Get off my stick! <laughs> I don't want it." Oh, funny stuff. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry. 
and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But then after Luke leaves L.A., he winds up in what some say is the greatest team put together, the 2002 Red Wing team. that had, what, yeah. nine or ten Hall of Famers on it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 that was, uh, it was amazing to be part of that group. You know, like he, and, and I think it was the right time for that group because, Everybody had done, you know, at, at that point, like it, we were an older team, but the skill level was incredible. And it, it was a very special group. And, uh, you know, it's one of those, it's pretty rare that sometimes it happened where you say, okay, this is like a, it's a once in a lifetime team. Is it going to work? And it did work, you know, and people forget we were down to nothing in the first round at home. And they were throwing Dominic Hasek's jersey. We were down to nothing against, uh, Vancouver, and I remember CBY after game two, we flew to Vancouver, and everybody was like, that said, it's over, and and Stevie said, it's like, in a calm matter, if anybody knows Steve Eisenman, he's very calm, and he's got a great sense of humor, but he only spoke once or twice, but when he spoke, everybody listened, and he says, uh, we're just going to go out there tomorrow, and we're going to play our game, we're going to win the game, and we're going to move on, and he said, uh, we'll win the series, and he goes, it's not about the series. We're here to win the cup. And that was it. We went out there, and uh, it was a 1-1 game, and Nick Lidstrom scored from the red line. Oh, yeah. 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 But I remember, like, it, it was it was such a calming thing. You know, you just kind of, okay, we're just going to go play, and we believe in ourselves. So you, you got back to L.A., then to Detroit. Did you go back to L.A. after that again? Yeah, that'd be, I after Detroit, I became a free agent. So, uh at the time, we had the president, Tim Lawicki. When I left to go to Detroit, it was kind of a uncomfortable situation, but I became a free agent. I signed in Detroit, and uh, I thought I was going to sign in L.A., but I never got the right offer, and then I had a chance to go to Detroit. And I remember my wife saying, where would you want to go? What, where, where does it give you your best chance to win the Cup? And I said, Detroit. And so we tried to go to Detroit, and once they were interested, I never tried to go anywhere else. And, uh, but then after a couple of years of Detroit, 
I became a free agent again. And, uh, and uh, Tim Laiwiki, who was the president at the time, had told me, he goes, uh, we'd like for you to come and finish your career in L.A. And so when I became a free agent, I told, you know, I didn't call anybody. I called Tim and said, hey, that's what you said. I'd like to do that. So I was I was lucky. I played a couple more years in L.A. We had a lockout that whole year. and uh, But it was great. And I learned a lot in Detroit because I believe you. it's hard to know what it takes to win until you win. Yeah. Because I, I, I didn't know that when I was a player. I, I want to be on the ice. You want to be the, the, the difference maker. But to really win, you got to trust everybody. You got to trust that the team's going to do everything. And, uh, and, uh, and I, I, you know, because I became more of a role player in Detroit, it made me appreciate everything. Because then you become a role player, you're like, oh, role players are important. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, it, but, it, but, it, but it taught me great lessons. So, a lot of the stuff I learned while I was in Detroit, the way people were treated, the way Mr. Ehrlich and Ken Holland treated people, I brought back in L.A. and started having a different uh, speed. Once I retired, we changed the, the, the verbiage or the communication with our staff first before we went out to our fans. And Dean Lombardi came, and then we were lucky. It worked like a few years later. So changing the communication, Luke, was that your idea to change the – yeah, I think LA for years it was a good, really good organization. Like Bruce, Bruce kind of did things like he to win, but we didn't really. I mean, personally, anyway, I, I'm not going to speak for you, but I didn't really understand. Like, like I we had Larry Robinson, we had guys that won. They would talk about winning, but I, whether I didn't listen or didn't understand, you know what what it took. It's a, but I I do believe. Everybody needs to be on board, whether you have a girl that, or a guy that works for the, your foundation. They need to know that every their whole job is to make sure the players are treated right so the players can help us win the cup. And they should deliver that message. doesn't mean you're going to win the cup, but you should try, you know. And so we have everybody kind of speaking the same language in that way. Everything is geared towards making the team as good as it could be, making their life as easy as could be. So they can help us get to hopefully winning the last game of the year. And that's so did you know you were going to go into management before you retire? No, I didn't know. But I, but when I got near the end of my career, I started preparing myself. That that one lockout year, knowing I would maybe play one more year, kind of helped me. I went back to over the years. I, I've never really said no to autographs or people would ask me to go to foundation work or doing things. So what I did that year... A lot of people that I met over the year, I started meeting with them to understand their business, understand their philosophy. People I respected, and I and I started learning about you know building a business or you know seeing things from a different approach. Because when you're a player, you only live day by day. Yeah. All that matters the next game. You don't even know who you're playing next weekend. Remember that? Like yep. it's, it's like practice the next game. When you're in business, you got to start looking a little bit ahead and so forth. Like now, we look at kids like three years from now when we sure. draft them and so forth. You know, so so I start preparing myself. But my my big goal was to, when I retire, to set myself to help the Kings organization change the culture. Oh, and did you tell Mr. Lewicki Le- that? Yep, yeah, yeah okay. that's all. I took a year after I retired, and I was kind of a consultant. And then Dean Lombardi had come on board, and he. He was talking about rebuilding and building from the draft and so forth. He, I'm not sure he used the word rebuilding, but he, he always talked about making sure you don't trade away your kids, your defense sure. and so forth. He would constantly 
Dean was very analytical. He really understood like that that part of it, which was it was fascinating. And he wanted to treat people good. They had done a really good job while he was in San Jose. So after a year, I went. I said, well, why don't you let me run the business so I could speak to the fans, Dean's message, because we had right. no one speaking that. And right. Tim Rywicki at the time was AEG, where the company was growing really fast and massively. So they needed a voice, and I became kind of that voice. And then slowly but surely, we started kind of building the whole business side. Right. Well, it was really impressed me about you. There's a lot of guys, I think more, not as much now, but in the past, when they were presidents, the former players, they just go golfing with the corporate sponsors and all that kind yeah. of stuff. You really sunk, you're, like you're talking now, you really sunk yourself into the business. So yes, you're out there yeah. talking to people, but you really ran the business side. Like you're still yeah, because I'm a bad golfer. <laughs> <laughs> you and me, you and me both. Well, we ran the business and built two Stanley Cup champions, too. Well, yeah, we'll get to that for sure, yeah. How, how that? So you won one Stanley Cup as a player with Detroit, right? Yeah. So now you come in and you're, you're, take, you're basically, basically taking over the team. I mean, uh-huh. you're running the business side and everything. So now you win that first Stanley Cup. How that feel? You know, you know, it's funny because what when you're running, like, you know, like a, on the on the hockey upside, let's say you got your scouts and all your your player management, you got your pro scouts and and uh, your amateur scouts and and so forth. But on on, on the other side, you got you know a hundred people just running everything, whether it's filling up the building or what you're doing around town and so forth. And so when we went to playoff in 2012. And I remember we we were in Vancouver, and then we're we're in LA. And next thing you know, you're up three nothing, and we're kind of happy. But you're like, oh my god, we gotta get ready for the next round, you know. So you never want to talk to your hockey ops or your players about that you're getting ready for the next round, because as you know, you gotta win the last yeah. game. Yeah. But if you're not ready, you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, on the business side, because you gotta make sure, like, you gotta start talking about. Making sure the building is sold out for the next round, and then making sure you got like a marketing campaign. If the Lakers are out, you got you got to jump on the bandwagon sure. and so forth. So there was, I remember every round that year we were up three nothing. We'd be celebrating having a glass of water. Oh my god, we gotta get ready now. Yeah. But it was kind of fun. It made it it made it easy because we're always up three nothing, you know. Right. But it was it was pretty amazing run. How I've never seen to this day a team where. You literally watch an entire playoff round where you couldn't pick a player and say hey, he had a he had an off night tonight. That was incredible. I've never seen that where everybody seems to be yeah. like Pistons going like every line will go. It was incredible to see how that team played that year. I remember watching the parade day. So you had the parade, and then you go into the uh, to have your kind of all the guys making the speeches and everything. Yeah, remember that day. Remember Jonathan Quick? Yes, he had the f bomb going about a hundred times. <laughs> Well, Quickie didn't want to speak. These guys, you know, I it's like you win and then you got the parade and everybody's hungover. Yeah, been, yeah. You've been drinking for two days. And I remember like Mike Altieri, our, our marketing, our PR guy, he, he was talking to Quickie. You got to say something. You got to say something. He's like, he was so hungover. And he's a very quiet guy. Quickie is like, he's, he, you know, he, he doesn't sell up for anything. He's one of the greatest leader ever in the room. Like I've never seen. I've seen a lot of goalies where guys respect the crap out of it, but this guy, it's a whole other level. They oh, respect wow. him so much. It's uh, it's amazing. And he fights for his teammate. He never blames anybody. It's right. it's amazing. So, so we're like, you got to say something. And he's like, he, he really didn't want to, but he reluctantly agreed because he knew he was the MVP. And the guy's like, got to say something. 
And you got to say he had nothing. I'm on the east pocket. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I was, you know what I thought was funny? Uh, the next time you won, the mayor gets up there and he starts dropping the F-bomb, right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Just, that was funny. Just to make him feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. That second time, it was pretty cool because we did the parade downtown in L.A. It was, I don't know, four or 500,000 people. And then right away, we took him all down in, in, in the beach because they, our guys, by that time, they owned the beach. So we did another parade. And it, oh. And beat. I, it was, I, that I, was the most incredible day. It was awesome. Yeah. That one hurt you, listeners, though, Tom, because they they beat the Rangers that year. You remember that's right too. Yeah, they beat the Rangers. <laughs> that was the Laidlaw Cup, right? The Laidlaw Cup. No, no, more the Robitaille Cup. More the Robitaille Cup. Is that what it was? For the Gretzky Cup. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I forgot about him. So two cups. How, how do you feel about the, time, uh, the team right now? Oh, we, we we like where we're at. Like uh, we we uh, you know we we kind of went through this rebuild, and we've been very strategic and taking our time. And guys that we had to trade for, we 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 try to sign them as long as we can if if they fit the team and we um and uh you know it's like where every team you're like we had question last year about our goaltending this year so far it's been good we really like the way we play we play hard we don't give much space on the ice we force loose pucks and if we keep playing like that we're going to be there at the end and you know you know the way the way the game is now it's so hard like it used to be uh you know like there were 21 teams, 16 teams made the playoffs. There's 32 now, and only 16 make the playoffs. So when you're in the tournament, you have a chance. Right. And uh, we we like we have three great centers that could that our matchups are hard against anybody. We have good D that moved the puck out of the zone, and our goaltending has been good. So we get in the tournament. We we think we can we can uh, not surprise team, but we can uh, we can match up against anybody. It's like I said, though, it's hard. Like the Rangers have a good team. Edmonton, Vegas got a great team. Colorado, Carolina's got a really good team. You look at Boston, even though they lost the center, they're still there. So there's like, we think there's 10 teams that are yeah. really hard to play against. We're one of them, which we like that we're there now. So you got Rob Blake as your general manager, former yeah. teammate. How's he doing? He's doing great. He's yeah. very uh, analytical. He takes his time. He doesn't make any rash decision and, and when it's time to move, though, he makes a move, and he's he's shown that the last few years. And yeah, he's done a good job there. We we like it. We work really well as a team, the group there. And uh, when you work hard and you trust people and you do the best you can every day, usually the results will be good. And I'm a big believer in treating people right, and he yeah. treats people really good because long term, that's the way to be. You know. I, yeah, there's hard decision you have to make and so forth. And it's we've made some decisions that were really hard in the last few years. But at the end of the day, if it's the better for the betterment of the organization, as long as you treat people good. You know, the part of it is, Luke, too, is you're not always going to be right on something. Like sometimes you're just going to make a mistake on a player, right? What's oh, yeah. You're going to make a lot of mistakes. You try to minimize them, and it's going to happen. But I think you don't want to make any uh, any decision based on emotion. Oh, and that's the thing. That's the biggest thing. Is Dave Taylor working with you guys, or where's he? No, Dave is in St. Louis. Oh, okay. Been there for a long time. I, I, I can't remember what exactly his title, but it's up there on all the player development and the and the you know. So I see him to a, a lot of games. Still lives. He actually moved in in Owens County, but he's okay. a great great hockey man. Yeah, yeah. He's a great guy too. I sat beside him in the locker room. There, he's a funny guy. Yeah, quiet but very quiet but funny. Huh? Great. Yeah. 
the Uber. He'd do that little giggle once in a while. I'd do something stupid. He'd be like, what the <laughs> well, let's not, we should probably, before we go, we should talk about the, how many takes it took to get that, that film made that you and Luke Okay, did. so everybody knows. So Bob Borgen, right? Remember Bob Borgen worked for a prime ticket. Great guy. He was a producer. And I was always doing the practical jokes. So he set it all up. There was uh, Mario Goslin was the one with the sh- uh, shaving yeah, cream. Mario Goslin, yeah. Yeah, Marty got the shaving cream and the towel. And Luke volunteered to, uh, or we asked him, to get the baby powder with the hair dryer in it. Uh, uh, hair dryer with the baby powder in it. Yeah, I, I surprised you did. You put it right in your face too. So yeah. I, <laughs> one one take, one right? take. Yeah, it was one take. Yeah, I think that was my first acting gig. Yes, well, <laughs> I got you in acting. That's right. There you go. Yeah, launching careers everywhere. Yeah, we had we did a show with Grant Ledyard. Got his career going. I lost my spleen, so he got a chance to play. So what a guy back in New York. What a that good guy. Fun, yeah, that was good. You were a good sport about it because you didn't half ass it. It was right in the face. It was good. <laughs> yeah, people watch that all the time. That I thought Borgen won an Emmy, not because of for he, that. Yeah, he did for some sports yeah. short clip. Yeah, we'll show, we'll show. Well respected, yeah. Yeah, Bob's a good guy. Yeah. You know, I see on uh, Facebook once in a while is Peter Demers, our former trainer. Yeah, yeah. He's good. Still see him. He comes to the game once in a while. He, he's been traveling more the last yeah. few years, but uh, we still see him. We still, you know, he still yeah. comes and we try to have a whatever. I, as you know, when guys come in town, we try to treat the alumni the best. We oh, can. you do. You do. You do a very good job. Yeah. Guys in town also. Remember, was was the traveling kind of secretary, Rod Munoz, Munoz, was that his name? Yeah, Rod Munoz, yeah. Okay, so I'm Mr. Smartass. Uh, he's on the front of the bus, and he's counting to make sure we got all the players. So like an idiot, I say to him, well, maybe take your shoes off. Like, meaning he has to use his toes to count. Oh, you know? wow. I don't realize he's got a fake leg. Oh. oh, oh. So he was good about it. He takes his leg off and stay at the front of the bus. He says, we both use this talking. I feel like uh, the guys were buying. Oh, I was they- like. Good thing he had a sense of humor about it. Cause that- he did. He had a sense of humor about it, which yeah. was really funny. I, like, good maybe, maybe that's why they don't invite you to any Kings alumni events. No, know? actually, Luke, I was invited to, there was a retirement of some a defenseman's number uh, that you invited me to. I ended up getting, I was pooping my pants and throwing up the toilet. <laughs> the go. Who was that? You had somebody, you're, this is a few years ago, you had somebody that we retired. Might have been Maddie. Maddie. No, I think it was Matty. Uh, Andy Nordstrom? Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you had a lot of guys there, a lot of defensemen. Yeah, that's good. Bring guys back. You know, it's kind of funny. Like you talk about uh, training people, right? But I, I remember a few years ago, I was like so tired of like people looking at the flyers, the Philadelphia Flyers, like they like they're an original six. Oh, you know, in our league, there's the original six. Yeah, and I feel there's the Flyers and everybody else. And I was yeah. like, why is everybody treating the Flyers like they're an original six? You know, like he. They got that certain respect, and and then I realized it was Mr. Schneider the way he treated everybody, and they had a lot of alumni around. Yeah. And then I, when you go to the Flyers, no matter what, you, all the ex-Flyers are around and everything. I'm like, oh, that's that's what makes that franchise yeah. special. So, well, Luke, Luke, you've done a great job at that. Anytime I've ever needed something from you, if I needed tickets for some friend of mine, or what, a young kid I coached actually was wanted to go to a game. So I asked you if you had tickets. You had them up in the box. You didn't put yeah. them tickets. That was very cool. That meant a lot to me. Sure. So you're doing what you want to do. You're building that reputation or you built it already. So you try, yeah, that, that's what you, you try to, but it's, it takes time. You got to do it, do it right every day. And as an organization, it's a lot of work and you got to have everyone on board. Yeah. yeah, yeah and cool. they're doing great stuff in the community. They just rebuilt the roller rink in Burbank too. Oh, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, we uh, and and we, we yeah we got like it's funny during the during COVID we uh, took over, I think five ranks, wow. 
So we either manage our own five or five more rinks or it's with seven, six or seven rinks. Okay, so let's go through this career. So you start off, you're not a real goal scorer. You're a playmaker. You're not the best skier. Well, not anyway. Yeah. You're not the best skater in the world. You're a ninth round draft pick. I can't draft it after Tom Glavin. Oh, after Tom Glavin. That's right. right. You end up playing for what? 40, how many total years in the National Hockey? 20. Uh, 19 years. Lowaka would have been 20 with Brian. Hall of Fame career. Uh, you would have been the highest scoring left winger in history had Ovechkin not just passed you. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Now you're the president of the team that's won two Stanley Cups as well. Pretty impressive. And, and an actor, as we mentioned. And an actor. Yeah, right. and, and on strike. Very cool. You should be very proud of yourself, Luke. You're uh, it's been a good ride. It's been fun. Yeah. Do, you, do you ever take a minute to just step back and go, wow. Man, like think back when you're 15 years old. Okay, would I ever be doing the things I've done? Every once in a while, I'll, it's more like you're on the phone. I'll tell you, I've had a couple moments, you know, like, but every once in a while, I'll say, man, I remember being eight years old, shooting a ball or a puck. My, my dad used to make these heavy putts like a, from a scrap yard with a lead right. and thinking like I was just shooting against the wall. I'm like, man, I'm still involved in the same game I was playing at eight, you know, so that I find that pretty cool. I, I would say the one moment in my life that I stopped because I never stop. I'm always trying, okay, what what can we do today to be yeah. better, you know? Yeah. And, Probably I should stop and enjoy it once in a while, but it was uh, Pat Quinn, which was my first coach in the NHL, called me, I think it was like 2014 or 13, and uh, he asked me to get on the selection committee for the Hall of Fame. And at that moment, that's the one time in my life I called my dad, I go, Dad, I think that's the greatest thing in my life. And I said, Remember, I wanted to play in the NHL. I got to play in the NHL. That's, that was amazing. I got to win the cup. I got into the Hall of Fame, which is not what you said, but to be part of the committee that select yeah. the guys that are going to get in. To me, for some reason, that's the greatest honor ever. Uh, I think it's a great honor. Yeah, like, I take it very seriously. Uh, well, it shows how much people respect you, right? Like you built. Like I, I really admire that with the guys, and you've done it, obviously. It's great you had that great career, but you got a whole other life ahead of you after your yeah. career is done. So, what do you do with your life? How do you make a difference yeah. out there? And you certainly done. Yeah, what do you what do you do? And, and as you know, it's about our family, though. You got to do it right. Because yeah. when it's all said and done, we're gonna be alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I, I keep getting divorced, I'm gonna be alone. That's for sure. <laughs> and you you've never gotten divorced, right? You had your one no, wife, and that's no. she's still she's still put up with me. God, that's amazing. <laughs> We've done like over 70 shows, and I bet you the divorce rate for exit players is like 90%. Oh, it's hard. It's so hard. I think it's really hard when guys retire because everybody thinks they're going to retire. And that, that, like, I always, I meet with a lot of guys that retire because guys, we made good money. We did well. But guys today, it's a whole different world. Oh, yeah. They make a lot of money. And I yeah. tell them, get busy, do something because yes. you think you got to be home and you got, it's, it's not going to work. It's yeah. too hard. And you, you got it because you've been your whole life. You've been, you know, people would tell you, get on the plane, do this, do that. And I tell them, if you like hockey, get no, don't do it for the money. Just do it because pick something you love. Yeah. You have this, you know, you retire at 35. Hopefully you got 60 or 50 more yeah. years to live. And what, yeah, your mental you health. Play golf every day and do yeah. that. Yeah, your mental health. You really got it. That's one thing I really learned a lot about is mental health, really keeping yourself active mentally and physically so yeah well luke listen i i know i don't need to tell you this you've had a fantastic life so far it's not over yet you still got a lot to do we're gonna do this for a few more years retire doing this you want 
Yeah, dude, uh, yeah, it's like I said, like uh, I was reading the other day, Pat Riley, and I was looking, he's 78, still having fun doing it. I'm like, I'm not sure I could do it to that, but but I know you guys stay busy. Yeah. Well, Luke, thank you very much for coming on the show. I really do appreciate it. We're going to get you on again. Awesome. Watch, too. Okay. Thanks. All right, bud. Great to see you again. You and let me know when you're coming in LA. Okay. I definitely will. Okay. Come on, Luke. Talk to you. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Dude, oh, fuck's sake. See, people think that I actually have a Chewbacca here. So, or Chewbacca, or is it? What am I doing? I don't know. Did a stroke, Vicar. No, you sound like you had a fucking stroke, man. Come on. So, anyway, we just talked to uh, your former teammate, Hall of Famer, greatest 100 players of all time, retired number, president of the Kings, Luke Rowatai. Yeah, he's a good, you could just see he's a good dude, man. And he talked a lot about being good to people. Like, he really wanted yeah. to build the organization to be that way. So, it's like with a plan, too, that he really. No, for sure. And, you know, you, I, I tell you this all the time, but I know from doing this, like, who I deal with, how I interact with them. Like, I didn't play with them. You did, most of these guys. were against it. They don't know me for, for anything. Yeah. And I can tell how they react. And he's a good dude. He's just a very good Yeah, dude. that's the good thing, right? Most hockey players, I'm really proud of this, too. They just treat people like people. They're no better. Very, very much they're, so. They're hockey players, but it doesn't mean they're better. We've done, what, 75 shows, and maybe there's been, like, two guys who are kind of like, eh. Yeah. I don't want to say who they were. Yeah, that's true. What? Who was it? No, nah, we won't have mine again. Tom huh? Laidlow. Yeah. Yeah. You'll see, but what a, I mean, what a player! Like he, again, I mean, we had Glenn Healy on it. He he was saying how couldn't skate, couldn't yeah. fight, yeah. couldn't shoot, and now he's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, what he's done. We talked about this too. What he's done after the game, he, probably just as impactful as he was as a player. Sure, I mean, leading the team two Stanley Cups, beat the Rangers in 2014. He's the president of the team. It's amazing how he called that the Laidlaw Cup too, right? He didn't That's say right. that. Actually, no, you said that. Oh, is that? And he wouldn't even take credit for the Robitaille Cup. We well, could settle on the Gretzky Cup, I guess. Be Could be the Duguay Cup or the Barry Beck Cup. Barry Back Cup, who else? Mike Rick, Allison Cup, Rick Chartrock Cup, Chartrock Cup, Jay Wells, Jay Wells, Mark Cup. Hardy, Mark. Wow, there's a lot of them yeah. that play. Marion Gabrick Cup, a lot of guys play for both teams. Jonathan Quick Cup, now Jonathan Quick Cup, yes. Interesting how he talked about Jonathan Quick too. Yeah. I didn't realize what a leader he was. He, which is yeah, because I guess they had Dustin Brown and then Kopitar, yeah. but he said he was the, the one of the best leaders he's ever seen in hockey. More than more than you. They had a tough defense. I think it was Green. They had a defenseman. Yeah, yeah. Feeling. He was funny too. So we were talking, Luke and I were talking about how uh, when they won their first cup, they had the parade and the, then they go have sure. the speeches and everything and how Quick didn't want to talk at all. <laughs> oh, no. And he was, if you watch that on YouTube, he was polluted. Oh, yeah. He, the F-bomb in his world. But the other green, uh, so Doughty got up and talked. He barely said it. Yeah. And he, you know, great player a little bit. And Green got up after him and go, wow, how about that speech by Doughty? That's fantastic. <laughs> it was just hilarious the way he did it. That was, that was a lot of fun watching them do that. And again, Knowing the guys, even Jimmy Fox got emotional who I played yeah. with and doing the broadcasting. So knowing those guys and playing with them and seeing them have the success. Because, you know, I played there and we had some good teams, but never really got that close to, to winning any. So it's, you know, I was the same way with the Rangers won the Cup in 94. I was like, I was partly jealous and partly happy. Did you shed a tear? I don't know if I shed a tear, but I remember thinking, man, it's great to win a Cup. You know, the Rangers, they had they had their, their win in 94. But And hockey, is, as you know, is very conservative, very straight-laced. But that's one area where they just let loose. Oh, and yeah. they get absolutely nuts. I mean, think back to Ovechkin swimming in that yeah. uh, fountain. And some of the speeches are, and some of these guys are just, they're yeah. just pickled, with, you know, drunk. It was the one, it was at uh, Kucherov in Tampa, too, when they, uh, he was. Oh, my God. He yeah. hit the beer right at the podium. Right. Yeah. So that's one area where they just kind of let yeah. go. That's the, uh, the only time. They yeah, go. it really is. Like, especially in public, you know, to say this, we, we won the cup. It's kind of a tradition. You're supposed to get hammered all the time. But at some point, you're like, er, you know. Yeah, I don't. It gets a little too much, you know. Yeah, but isn't that like Washington guys, they went, oh, they, I, they were not gone. Apparently, they have a real beer drinking team all the time. Well, they won in Vegas, too, which, yeah. you know, is dicey to begin with. So I wonder. 
I wonder how Vegas was last year. That must have been nuts when they won. Places to play now. I was so lucky to live in New York and Los Angeles, uh, but all the like Tampa and sure. Dallas. Well, oh, they had City. some crazy parties in Tampa yeah. too. Yeah. What, I wonder, like, how was it when they won in COVID? That must have been terrible because you win, there's oh, nobody sure. in the building. It's like great. Is that what Tampa won during the COVID? I think the first cup was yeah. COVID. Yeah, they beat Montreal, which is so weird how they did that. Playoffs. That would. What do you do? All right, guys. Socially, this get COVID. Yeah, that's what I probably did. But yeah, uh, Robotai, just what a good good guy, yep. great player, Hall of Famer. I like his stories too, you know, like all the stuff that he's done, you know, going to win the cup in Detroit, and even going back, you know, it had to hurt him when he got traded out of LA, especially the first time because that was his that was his team. Uh, then to come back and have the vision to, like, to go to Mister Lawicki, Tim Lawicki, the president, I guess, the president of the team at the time, yeah. and say, "Listen, let me work for the team. I'll handle the business side." Go, also saying to the owner, like, you got to do this better, you know? Yeah. Isn't that true? Like, you know, change the culture and have people talk the same language. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I always admired him, thought he was a really intelligent kid, but I, I got to be honest. I mean, he took it to a whole nother level after did stuff that I think a lot of other guys had done. Again, like you had mentioned before, there are other former players that have cup presidents, but I just think he's taking it to a whole different level. Well, he's got two cups now, so he'll probably yeah. be president for as long as he wants to. Yeah. And he hired your teammate, Rob Blake. He didn't hire you though. It's surprising. Well, I was busy. I was actually, I think I was still in the agent business when he uh, got going. Yeah. He didn't use you as an agent either. No, he had, uh, Pat, well, he actually had that Tom Rich when he first started. Really good guy. Uh, right. He's actually based, based in Pittsburgh. And another thing, his really good friend, Pat Brisson, uh, they grew up together. So Pat moved to LA uh, when when uh, Luke got there. But Luke, uh, Pat has really done well in his career too. He's the head of CAA hockey now. He got all oh, tons of players. But he, but he didn't hire you, his buddy. So that's a little upsetting, you know? Well, I. I Were you busy me. that day too? Could have paid me that. You, you, uh, I, the salary I would have uh, wanted to get, you just couldn't afford. Okay, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. How come you didn't go out to any LA uh, alumni events? You should. You're a king as well. Yeah. Again, I I did. I felt bad. They lined me up for uh, one show or one event. <laughs> Case of the diarrhea. Yeah, the runs. Yeah. I'm thinking, okay, right. I'm not gonna get a plane for six hours. Fair like, enough. You should get out there though. I don't have to. Actually, when I was out there, we had the uh, finale show for Survivor. Uh, oh, I, that's right. You were a guest star on Survivor. Yeah, that's right. Sitting in the back row. Five episodes. Sitting in the back. You know. And you're in the back row. They they seat you based on where you're, you know. So the people up front were all the people that you know. So, you're, so I'm in the back row. They never talked. You know? <laughs> they didn't even ask me former NHL player Tom Layla no, first period. Care less. Didn't talk to me one bit. But I they gave us all uh, four tickets to the show. So I called Luke up and I said, "Listen, we've got people working for the Kings that want to go to the show." So he had some people. No, oh, that's really cool. Yeah, it worked out pretty good. He didn't go, obviously. No. He's like, I don't care yeah. about the, your your 15th place finish on Survivor. But wow. Yikes. Well, what you, were you doing? What show were you on? What, what series? I didn't even try for a spot. Oh, no, no, no need. You're on the couch? No, I, I, no I've never watched Survivor. Oh, okay. oh no thanks. I didn't want to see you. Just wondered just wonder what you were doing when I was at the beach there. No, I didn't want to see your sand nuts and your aqua dumps. I was oh, good with that, man. man. We got to get that video. Maybe we, should, maybe we should do that. We'll do a retake of me taking a dump, and then we can go to Todd's Point and Grandview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. take a dump and do a video of that. And then you can stop all those people you've gone after as a dog policeman. They'll they'll come back and they'll give back to you, man. Poop all over the. We got to talk about it. poop all over the grounds here at Greenwich Place. Dog poop. People aren't picking it up. Hashtag Greenwich problems. Yeah, Greenwich problems. Seriously, total lack of respect, dog owners. But we should do a show on that, dog owners. I don't think so. Wait, you notice my my chair is sinking here? I do. You're losing stature. What's going on here? Let's <laughs> see how long go. It just kept the deal. You do that. Funny to have the show there with the screen. My, my head just keeps going down and down. It'd be like that Kilroy over here. It'd just be the top of your head. Look at that shiny pink dome. That's Jesus. a nice dome. That's a nice dome. Like, yeah, it's a bald man. You want to have a good shape to your head, Matt? Matt's, I'm, at, I'm the uh, the Rock's grandfather. You're certainly pink, though. Jesus, what? Like you're, you're really you're pink. It's called salmon. Yeah. It's called, it's called pink. healthy. It's is it healthy? 
Yeah, totally healthy. Yeah. CMOS, uh, cold showers. You get those supplies at the uh, Costco in Port Chester? They don't have CMOS. Wow. So, yeah, I have to order that online. Okay. You get it but from... for anybody who wants to know, you want to have good skin. CMOS, avocados, bananas. What up? Sam, a lot of salmon, good fats in that. All right. Hey, I'll help you with your no, skin. No, thanks. I appreciate it. I'll need that. Right. And, and Luke Robitaille has good skin because you shot a uh, hairdryer full of oh. baby powder in his face. Yeah, well, I, he did it up doing it himself. He was good. So the practical joke is you put the baby powder in the hairdryer. So then the pretty boys come along to dry their hair. The baby powder comes flying out, so they turn it on. And uh, so he he volunteered to do it for this little video. And he, he did a great job to read his face. Like, he didn't do it the kind of yeah, halfway. Like, law. We'll, we'll, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll run a clip of that over this yeah. episode, and we'll show people. That's famous, that clip. No, it is. Millions of views. That's probably, that probably got you on Survivor, just having done that clip. True. Wow. Or just my wonderful personality. Or that clip. Yeah. Anyway, Lou Grobertide, great show. What they made the decision to have me on Survivor. I don't know. Well, you did say there was a fluke that you got because they didn't, Canadians didn't think they could yeah, be on because of 80s. And then they're like, oh, no, you could have been on the whole time. Yeah, why is the first Canadian? Oh, here he is. I'll leave. You're like the George Washington of reality TV for Canadians. You're, you're a pioneer. You're the first Canadian to good go, to go you know, dump in the ocean. First NHL hockey player on there, too. Record setter. Only, right? Yeah, I don't think there's anybody else ever going on. Yeah. Has there been a Canadian since? I don't know. I have watched shows. <laughs> Wow. Do you hear that? Some uh, All your Survivor fans that send Tom DMs and try to oh, meet up with him, he doesn't watch the show. I, I really hadn't watched that much, but I watched it early, like a lot of people. Yeah. And, and I didn't watch it much. So I had to go back and watch a whole bunch of shows. So I knew what was going. Thank God I did too. Because yeah. that's why I did so well. I think Jeff Probst is going to be upset with you now, Tom. You're off the Christmas list. I look like Jeff Probst. I'm so short right now. You, oh, see, you, what? You're, you're such a height bully, you know? God. What? I just, he's not a very tall man. How tall is he? He's vertically challenged. How tall is he? Uh, I don't Five, uh, I was five, eight. Somebody that. Oh, that's that's shorter than I am. That's, yeah, that's short. That's um, what about uh, you guys were mentioning how Sylvester Alone is tiny too, right? And uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's because you don't realize that in the movies you're watching him. Tom Cruise was hilarious. Uh, he was by the glass watching the game. I walked behind him. There he was with Nicole Kidman. She's what taller than well, him. And Michael J. Fox is also very short. Yep. Yeah. John Candy, well, not short. Fight. Yeah, that's short. He was a big man. It was. It's funny. He was like hammered a few times after the games come in there. You know, it's right after the game. I mean, we're going to go have beers, but sure. You know, when you're still fresh from playing the game, and these big guys are just shit. It's for three hours. They're just hammering yeah. beers. Yeah. So, how was was he funny when you talked to him in real life, or was he just like a candy? He, the only time I talked to him was when he was hammered after the game, so it was more like yeah. oh, so he just blasted. <laughs> yeah, but he was Wayne's buddy, right? Yeah. Well, I think all were. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. And Bruce's uh, Bruce McDonald talked about well, in our show how uh, Goldie Hawn. Russell went to visit in prison too. Right, yeah, yeah. That says a lot about them too being loyal and reputation built. Yeah, big hockey guys. Luke Rotive is excellent. Good. Excellent, excellent. Wow. And as you're shrinking down in the camera, people can't see this, but Tom's chair keeps dropping down. It's almost like a funny bit here. He's, he's almost to the full change logo. Oh, God, that's hilarious. I, I kept it, it kept going down. I was like, is it really falling down or what's going on? No, you're shrinking. And if you like what you're hearing, please uh, like our show, follow us on socials, leave us a review on Apple, share it around, download it. Enjoy what we're doing. Oh, there was a promise you wouldn't sing, man. Beautiful sing. And if you want to hire us too, you can hire us to sing, dance, uh, hire you to sing, do imitations dance. of wild animals and everything. That, wait, that was Chewbacca. Now it's that a wild Chewbacca. animal. It was a Chewbacca. Movie characters. Movie characters. We can do just about anything. Oh. Sing, dance. Cook. We can cook for you. All right. Well, and that, on that note, we will see you later. All right, grasshoppers. Thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time.